Track 4. Higher Coach Road. Please continue walking as you listen. We're moving here from 19th century park to 1950s housing. As we walk, keeping along beside the river, watch your step a little as there's still no proper footpath here. Just a desire line, which tells you where people want to walk, whether or not they're supposed to. Notice that on this stretch, the riverside trees and bushes have not been rooted out. There's a lot more cover here for wildlife. This is otter territory, if you know where to look. This estate falls within the buffer zone of the World Heritage Site, the zone which restricts planning for new developments around Saltaire. That's appropriate enough since Titus Salt once owned all of the land that you see ahead of you. He bought up the lot in the 1860s, although to this day, nobody really knows why, because he left most of it completely untouched. In its own way, the story of this Riverside Council estate might be as historically significant as the story of Titus's mill village. It was built as part of the post-war dream for a better Britain, along with the creation of the NHS and the welfare state New building projects got underway across the country, clearing away old insanitary slum housing and moving people into new accommodation. In a lot of places, that meant moving people into concrete high-rise flats. But things were a bit different here. The council's policy in developing this estate has been to preserve the pleasant rural atmosphere of the neighborhood. So wrote Ernest Piers, clerk and solicitor for Shipley Urban District Council. In 1953, exactly a century after the establishment of Salt's Mill, Shipley bought up this vacant stretch of marshland from Salts of Saltaire Limited for the princely sum of £8,160. On this side of the river, though, we're actually in Bailden. So, confusingly, the first residents here paid their rents to Shipley and their rates to Bailden. At first, Bailden Urban District Council had attempted to block Shipley from building on this site. A 1951 memo records that Bailden Council objected to the definition of land in the Coach Road District for residential use, as the implication was that any large-scale development would be to rehouse population at present resident in Shipley. In other words, Bailden did not want Shipley's slum population on this side of the river. But the official reasons they gave for objecting to planning were as follows. One, that the scheme is extravagant. We'll scale it down, said Shipley. Two, that the site is waterlogged. We'll drain it, said Shipley. Three, that there is suitable alternative land in Shipley for the development in question. No, there really isn't, said Shipley. Four, that the road bridge at Salts Mill would have to be reconstructed. Arguing that the new estate's residents 
would need to be able to drive across the river at the Victoria Road Bridge. Salts of Saltaire attempted to sell said bridge to Shipley Council, along with this land. But Shipley commissioned a survey report which established that the bridge was incapable of being made good at a reasonable expense. And so they refused to buy it. It was after this that the option of building the Roberts Park footbridge to replace the road bridge was first mooted as a cheaper option. To this day, motorists on the estate have to drive all the way down to Bailden Bridge to cross the river. That said, you shouldn't actually be able to see any cars on the estate, because part of Shipley's design scheme for preserving the pleasant rural atmosphere involved tucking road access around behind the back of the houses, leaving the fronts of the houses to look out onto meadow grass. The layout takes a rather novel form, noted Shipley Council's planners. So novel, in fact, that there are unfortunately no local examples of this type of development which council members may inspect. So novel, in fact, that the first residents to move in did not understand that the houses facing greenswards should not have fences or hedges which would spoil the open aspect intended to be achieved. There were, in other words, to be no front gardens. But residents went ahead and fenced in their front gardens anyway. And who could blame them, given that local farmers were continuing to graze their animals on the grassland just as they always had? Many's the time you'd look out in the morning and there'd be a horse at your window. Or a sheep, you know, coming off the moors. Used to frighten me to death. Shipley Council found itself writing cease and desist letters to offending farmers for at least a decade after the estate was built. Dear Mr Denby, whatever steps your shepherd informs you he is taking appear to be almost entirely ineffective. To your right, you can also see the earthworked embankment that Shipley built to lift the more westerly houses off the floodplain. This area used to be uneven, undulating, pockmarked by natural ponds. They used to grow watercress on it. In a sense, this is a housing estate built on water, which may be why the streets are all named after lakes and reservoirs. Coniston. Windermere, Troutbeck, Thurlmere, Derwent, Boland. A little joke of Shipley Urban District Councils. When you reach the path leading to the footbridge on your left, play track five. 